When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Extra Life, the video games podcast about video games. <laughs> it's, it's not getting any better. It the really, intro, really it? isn't. We, we need to figure that out. We need, we need to work on it. Perhaps our guest will have some ideas. Welcome to Extra Life, Athena Kuglenyu. Hello. Thank you for having me. That was a great introduction. Was it? <laughs> no you. fat on that. Well, no so, so far we've got the video game podcast about video games. Yeah. yeah. We've got... That's video... what we like as comedians. We like conciseness. It works, yeah. We've so, got yeah. the video game podcast that exists. It's snappy. Which I think's the it's best snappy. one. Yeah. 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 Um, listen, I know you've been on Radio 4 quite a lot recently, Athena. Do you think it's up to their standards? Do you think Do you think we get a gig on, on the Today programme? It's It exceeds Radio 4's standards, if I'm Ooh. honest. It's far... I'm embarrassed for them now. <laughs> Absolutely embarrassed. <laughs> Women's Hour. Pff, put it in the bin. Yeah. Jane Garvey <laughs> weeping into yeah. her feminist cornflakes. <laughs> Uh, I love her so much. I don't need to be rude. I feel like I've just been disrespectful now. What is a feminist cornflake? Feminist cornflake? Yeah. Um, it's a frosty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a frosty, exactly. Don't you even know that? Call yourself a feminist, Keza. <laughs> let's let's kick off. I tell you what, for the listener, Athena, why don't you introduce yourself? Who are you? I'm Athena Kablenyu. I'm a I'm a human, which qualifies me for this podcast because you forgot to mention it's for humans. You know, yes, it's not true. dogs playing games. She's right. Um, we need to work that in. Writer, we need to work that in. And I'm a comedian. And I think I can call myself broadcaster now. I've done enough. So I say broadcaster. I reckon eight you know. appearances, eight appearances anywhere over any period of time makes you a broadcaster. Dude, that's, I'm counting oh, yeah. this. I'm counting this. this yeah, is totally. No, this is broadcasting. This is this is cast broad. There's a, yeah. there's a microphone in front of me. That's that's broadcasting. It's fine. It's good. In a nutshell. Cool. I'll add that to my my slashy list. <laughs> yes. So obviously, very accomplished comedian. Uh, are you a gamer, Athena? You know what? I'm a retired gamer. Uh, which is really funny because I was immensely into gaming for a large part of my life into my early to mid 20s and I just stopped and so I was thrilled to be asked to be back on this podcast because I want to talk about what I used to love (laughs) and I think I jumped out at the point where it became like something you can make money from which is annoying (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's a bunch of missed boats but yeah like now it's like another world isn't it but yeah up until up until 2000 oh five six or seven maybe I was that was my big part of my life yeah so, I like this. This is like we're visiting you in your sort of retirement home for gamers. <laughs> Reminiscing we're, about yeah. how we never used to do stuff on the internet. It, it was in, four yeah. controllers, four people, a living room. Seriously, though, I think retirement homes are going to be amazing when we're old. It's just going to be wall-to-wall Mario Kart on the N64 until we die. That's Perfect. my hope. I think, to be honest, I think me and you, Keza, and you can come if you like, Athena, see what you think. <laughs> I think we should all move into like the Namco Arcade and turn that into a retirement home. Absolutely. It'd be brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, for me, you said the N64. I feel like gaming peaked at, at the N64. 
I think it started to, it's lost its innocence now a little bit. Do you know, uh, I, because I, it used to be about like gaming rather than it being a hobby. Do you know, now guys play like FIFA, but they're not gamers. They're just playing FIFA. Oh, <laughs> you're the second guest who's real. expressed such views about the uh, <laughs> downtrodden demographic of FIFA players. <laughs> yes, this is a controversial yet common opinion we are finding on this <laughs> podcast, uh, which features gamers, funnily enough. I think there is something really magic about that time, partly because it's when I grew up with games. So like there's that kind of golden nostalgia period. But there was something really magic about that time when progress was really fast as well. Like game, something really exciting and new happened in games every couple of years. There was always something like 3d would happen mm. and it just felt right. world changing no totally true and also i think it's now got to the point where all the gamers who grew up in gaming are adults so it doesn't feel as rebellious anymore you don't know I mean like your teacher's <laughs> game now you know my teacher didn't game my teacher didn't have a mega drive <laughs> it just didn't happen it's like the mums and dads getting ps5s for christmas this year you know so it's, it's kind of that of golden age <laughs> yeah, this was for us this is for the youth <laughs> Yeah, and now it's for like everyone so it it kind of lacks that kind of like I said that rebelliousness that childishness that kind of this is our time get out it's me and my friends playing games now Uh, yeah that's sad I miss that Athena you've basically just said that Kezra and I have ruined video games (laughs) uh, which is not the first time I've even heard that to be honest we're on Twitter quite a lot but was there a catalyst? Was there a particular moment? Or was there a game you played and you thought, you know what, I'm done. This is a stupid childish hobby. Uh, a point which I've reached several times, but I've always gone back to it. What was it that made you give up, Athena? I just didn't buy another console. So I think the last console I bought was the original Wii, which I think was a wonderful machine and a game changer, actually. Every every machine you buy now has been inspired in some part by what was transformed by the Wii, the idea of physical play, the idea of how the controllers could work and they did all that online stuff like super early. Oh, who's ink me? <laughs> yes, and I am ending. I love beating you. Fun for all the family, only on Wii. So the original Wii was the last console I bought, and then I just sort of never bought another one, you know, and I stopped playing it. So if you don't upgrade your console and you stop playing the old one, you kind of just drift away, sadly. And that's that's kind of that's kind of what I did. I think the last console I played like religiously like you know hours and hours and hours every week was the n64 and so when i got the wii i played it less and less it was just getting old i was so busy <laughs> i just didn't have the time um i started to use the wii for like fitness <laughs> you, know I mean? you know and then it's now uh, it's now gathering dust but i got a lot of, you know played it a lot i had great games in it the wii the original wii People take the piss out of the Wii for being the one that mums and grannies can play with the bowling. But actually, it was extremely punk. There were so many just completely weird, bizarre games Mm. on the Wii. They were really pushing the boat out with their experimentation. My favourite game was the Indiana Jones game, because you could whip. So I liked, (laughs) I just like whipping things. It was quite a stress reliever. Uh, But yeah, they they really were like, what can we do with these controllers? You know, and I appreciated the imagination that went into that. There was this game called Zack and Wiki, which I remember really fondly and no one else has heard of. Um, I've heard of that. I can't, couldn't tell you what it's about for the life of me, but I remember it vaguely. It was like, it was a puzzle adventure game, but it was it was based entirely around all the stuff you could do with the controller. So you'd be like trying to turn keys with it. You'd be using it as a whip. <laughs> oh. it, was, it was fascinating. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. But it's just like that, that kind of playfulness of the motion control. But the ultimate, the ultimate Wii game, lest we forget, and I do suggest anybody listening uh, goes and, and looks at this on, on YouTube, uh, was uh, Wii Dare. Did you ever play this, Athena? I didn't play Wii there, but you oh. know what? If it's that good, I'm going to find it on eBay. I'm going to start on my Wii again. I'm going to play it. <laughs> I mean, good Good <laughs> is a strong word for what Wii Dare was. Again, I really would recommend that you look up the trailer. Uh, 
And do you remember this, Kesha? I certainly do. It was uh, a yes. Ubisoft game. I don't think it was even released in the UK. It was released in France, where Ubisoft is based. And I ordered it from <laughs> Amazon.fr so I could review it. And um, because based on the trailer, um, which it was like an adult party game. And Ooh. as sexy as that sounds, Ooh la la. so in the trailer there's things like there's a woman on all fours kneeling over a man while another man, and she's got a Wii controller tucked in the back of her pencil skirt, which is what I always wear when I'm gaming, and and another man is like spanking her on the bottom with another Wii controller. It is exceptionally. I mean, it's just exceptional. The, the, the trailer is one of the greatest works of art of the 20th century, I think. It's so great that at Eurogamer, we, which the website I used to write for at the time, we recreated the trailer, um, but it was with me, Ollie Welsh and Johnny Minkley, who are ageing male games journalists, who do not like, look like the men in the trailer. I don't think they'll mind me saying that. Like that. I, I, I didn't look like the women in the trailer. And also, I was six months pregnant. So there's this scene of me pregnant with my belly hanging over Johnny, I think, while Ollie spanks me. And I mean, I think it's one of the most erotic things that's ever happened. It's, it was quite the spectacle. I can't say by the game because, unsurprisingly, it was absolutely dog shit. Like, really awful. A true tribute to the creativeness of the Nintendo Wii. We dare. <laughs> yeah. SNM. Who'd have thought it? A gaming genre. <laughs> So have you always been a Nintendo person then, Athena? No, I've always... I was, I started off with the Amiga, which wasn't something we had, but our friends had it. Because in the 80s and 90s, not everyone could afford to have this stuff. So, yeah, right. you know, it was whoever had what, and you went to the houses, right? That was the old days. Hello, in today's programme, I'll be taking the lid off the machine they're all talking about. Commodore's new micro, the Amiga. And then I had a Mega Drive. Yeah. And then I got an N64. And that was the game changer for me. I think that was when I played so much, I would go to bed at night and just dream that I was in Super Mario Land or whatever. Like, but I think it was the first super successful like 3D 64-bit console, you know? So that was that, the one that had that us all the PlayStation kind were the of... Ones, they were the ones vying. N64 was different to being on the PC and playing like Doom or whatever. It was way more immersive. because And that's because Nintendo just make amazing worlds. Yeah, I've always you know, felt that way. Yeah, I, listen, I'd, I'd have been happy to stop at the Amiga, personally. I want to go back <laughs> to the Amiga. Because I was like you, Athena. We, we couldn't afford an Amiga. We were indeed a computer in my house. But my friend Rosalind, who went to posh school, she had an Amiga. There does seem to be some confusion as to who this machine is aimed at. But in the UK, they're planning to launch it as a small business machine. Of course, any machine lives or dies by its software. There is an IBM emulation package for the Amiga, giving business users access to at least the top 25 IBM PC programs. And I used to go around there, and I think we only had about three games. And we had Thundercats. Did you ever play Thundercats? No, and I wasn't even aware, because we had played oh. loads of games, like so many games. But I wasn't even aware there was a Thundercat game. But literally, they, they did do, the licensing was mad. So there was so much licensed stuff. On so much of it was dreadful, though, as they, well, I remember it? a Batman game. You know what I mean? Like, I think everything yeah. that came out had an Amiga 500 game. It was amazing. Yeah. Even like the Golden Girls, probably. So I wasn't aware of the Thundercats game. It sounds awesome. Oh, it was it was great, but I looked it up on YouTube because I couldn't remember it. And I looked it up and the first level is just completely brown. Everything in it is brown apart from <laughs> Lion-O. And then I looked at the video on the second level and you get to go in a land speeder. And I was like, we know, I don't remember this. And then I realised because the game was so impossibly hard <laughs> that Rosalind and I never got past the first <laughs> level. Like, not ever. Well, you know that game, like all these licensed games were made by the poor intern at whatever developer it was in about two months. And is they that didn't right? Sleep. right. Yeah, yeah, like a lot of the licensed ones were just like really cranky 
wanked out and so a lot of them are actually unplayably difficult or like they have a massive bug in the fifth level that no one ever found because it was too hard <laughs> so I, I grew up with the n64 as well athena and oh, uh, fine talk about your modern i used to grow up pouring over the pages of n64 magazine and like fantasizing in my brain about how amazing all these games were from these like tiny screenshots and then I moved to Japan when I was 20 and I ended up spending basically all of my Japanese student loan on old N64 games that I found in retro shops that I had once seen in N64 magazine and decided that my life would be better if I owned them. Mm. I remember I bought one, like my Japanese was, so we say rudimentary at best when I arrived, and I bought one that I thought was, from what I could read of the title, I thought was about um, bands like playing guitar. It turned out to be uh, bass fishing, <laughs> not bass guitar. Oh, bass fishing games were a thing though for a while. Very I much. remember. Yeah, the, Sega bass fishing. fishing. Games and, I, a thing. and in fact, yeah. Yeah. At one point, you could buy like a fishing controller. Yeah, um, yep. I'd forgotten that fishing was a thing in the, uh, sort of the <laughs> and there was late nineties, early two thousand. Yeah, 2000s. and there was like a, there was a fishing mini game. Had a fishing show on Sky. Do you remember that footballer? Oh, I don't remember. No, <laughs> we couldn't. We didn't um, have Sky for good. For good, so we didn't have an Amiga. We couldn't have Sky. I make it. We basically lived in a hole <laughs> yeah, in the ground. Ellie just had coal and potatoes. Yeah, that was <laughs> right. <laughs> what were the, your N sixty four sort of highlights then? What were your? Would you look, remember most fondly? Highlight was GoldenEye. Like. You know, it's just a game-changing game, man. Like, on Unreal. It was just the perfect level of being easy and hard. So you knew you could get really good at it if you only played it 24 hours of the day, seven days of the week. <laughs> um, and again, just like, I love Big World. So it had the best world. You could just wander around all these cool places. And I'm a Bond fan as well, right? So it's full of, I love, not just in games, but I love things that reward you for paying attention. And there's so many like Bond references and Bond Easter eggs and stuff in that game. So if you're a Bond fan and you're a gaming fan, it's just like a, an intersection that's just like really wonderful. Do you know how to use one of these? Goldeneye, load a rumble pack and see how it feels when 007 meets M64. And lots of like cheats, you know, lots of like, no, like the Golden Gun and all that stuff. Mm. And it was just the best multiplayer game. So we had these at home. At, I remember in our house at the time, we used to have these sort of big bean bags. One day, I lived with an older brother, used to like to buy random stuff. And one day he came home with these huge bean bags. They were like these six foot bean bags. So I had two of them. And then I just remember one particular summer where we just had all our friends piled on these bean bags, just, just playing Goldeneye like constantly. So absolutely Goldeneye. And the other one would be uh, Mario 64, which is just a tremendous game. Like it, again, game changing. Because it's kind of like, I think with the Wii, it was too much, oh, like you said, grannies and children. So with the N64, they got to a place where it was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever age you are, you're not going to be ashamed to play this game. Yo, listen up. We will not live in a two-dimensional world. We won't go in one direction or see where we can zap. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't be told how to view the world. We will be in control of something. We will change the system. Yeah, they hit a nail very much on the head with that one. Imagine I've got a magic library of N64 games. I believe you have. I literally Kevin, do. To be fair. <laughs> I literally do have a magic library. I've got library about of N64 five actually. Games. I've still got N64, but yeah. It was, I kept them all. Um, I never kept any of the boxes, so they're all worthless now, but they're still there. You've got Mario Kart, you've got Goldeneye. What other games would you pick out if I had every N64 game ever? Look, I didn't mind the follow up to Goldeneye, which is perfectly dark, uh, which I thought was okay actually. It was great for its time, I thought. Great for its time. Don't patronise it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Lara Croft wearing clothes, basically. That, that was the 
that's, a, that's ahead of its time, yeah. man. It was, yeah, it was redhead Lara Croft wearing clothes. Character, awesome. And she's the lead and she's wearing clothes. Oh my God, this is outrageous. <laughs> You know, I don't remember finding Joanne Dark. I mean, her name's Joanne Dark. It's not sexy. <laughs> Joanne. Not Americans. Americans would never call their character Joanne Dark. Well, it would be like Joanna. calling the other one Ian Bond. It just doesn't have the same <laughs> well, ring was, to it. Do you remember on New Eager there was a James Pond? James Pond. A James Bond, yeah. Yes. The fish. He was a frog, mate. A frog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're both at dark. Also, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but when The Phantom Menace came out, they brought out a game. You know those stupid little races they yeah. had in the game? The base, the game was basically a racing game with those races. It was great. Um, that was a great game. Um, the PS One game of the movie was also good. It's one of the seventeen games I've completed in twenty five years of gaming. It's very very strong. Well, it's good to know yeah. that something good came out of the Phantom Menace. Yes. Well, in those days, I as well, I was a prequels apologist. Oh, of course you were. Because I was like, that. do you like Star Wars, Athena? I like Star. I mean, I'm into Star Wars. I, I mean, I'm, I have the the conventional view that the prequels are pretty dire. It, I can accept that now, but at the time, I was quite I was quite into Star Wars, and when the prequels, I just couldn't. You know, I was just in massive denial. I couldn't accept that they were they were absolute horseshit which which now I, I believe I understand I was on the wrong side of history so oh, so Keza's library so we've got uh, Perfect Dark GoldenEye uh, the Pod Racer the Star Wars Pod Racer any, anything Mario else? Kart. The great thing about Mario Kart is it's sort of the same game on every console, right? But it's so great. It's yeah. just they also just like, make new levels and put yeah. new few new bits in. But I really yeah, like Mario the- Kart 64 was a, was a good one. Um, Zelda was great because we had that. Did you have Zelda Ocarina of Time or Zelda Majora's Mask? It was Majora's Mask we had. The one, the one where you have to repeat the same three days over and over, and there's the big scary. Yeah, 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 like Groundhog Day. <gasps> How can you play these? Get so it's, tedious. It's low key the best Zelda game. It's so creepy. It's so, it's so great. I mean, repetitiveness is good in video games. When you think about the games you love the most, it's when you have to do the same thing over and over again, but get better and better at it each time. You know, that's a very um, good point. Whereas I think where sometimes where games get quite boring is when it's just sort of like endless. When we were little on the PC, we play things like Command and Conquer and civilization and that's the same thing over and over again conquer a land kill some army get your tenure out kill everyone do it again like repetitiveness is great for video games but it has to be that's to be an incremental improvement in what it's asking you to do that, mm. if that makes sense i mean majora's mask was the most repetitive zelda because you literally had to play <laughs> yeah. the same three days just over and over again. it was and that might just be like what my brain likes as well yeah i think it depends as well doesn't it like some people I, I know some people who really love to play games like destiny where you just do the same thing forever you shoot aliens in the same area for ages until you get the item drop that you're looking for and they'll sit there they'll put on a podcast they'll put on a tv show and just watch that while they while they play that is bizarre to me like i need games that will kind of hold my attention i, I quite like a bit of background uh sometimes i play quite a lot of mario while listening to uh, the tracy chapman albums in the 90s <laughs> so now i can't hear fast car without imagine that, imagining that i'm like jumping down a pipe talking about revolution exactly <laughs> that's, I, feel, I feel like that's what shigeru miyamoto had in mind originally for the soundtrack they just uh, couldn't afford it back then yeah he just couldn't afford tracy <laughs> yeah, chapman so he just put clearly. some bleepy noises in instead a great shame What about yours, Ellie? What's your N64 game for the Golden Vault? I think I only got an N64 and I bought one second hand, actually, when I was in my 20s. Um, so a few years ago. And um, 
Sorry, I just spat my water everywhere. Oh, shut your face. (laughs) And uh, so, yes, my N64 game was Pokemon Puzzle League. Have you played this? Athena, I'm, I've never been a Pokemon person. So no, but you'd like no. this. That's what that's what I said. I was like, someone someone loaned it to me, and I was like, I don't like Pokemon necessarily. I don't know if I care that much. And he was like, No, you'll like this. It's like a puzzle game. My God! And we got this in our twenties, which, like many people, you know, the twenties was a time of you know, <laughs> lots of lots of vodka and magic cigarettes. And um, <laughs> I remember staying up till five a.m. playing this game until all I could see was like Pikachu's little face, and then these blocks just like like I I went in to the matrix man it was it was intense someone out there will remember it i swear to god <laughs> unless i had so many magic cigarettes i have just invented it that's also possible <laughs> let's be honest the cool thing about the fact that i kept all my n64 cartridges is not only have i got all the games i've also got all the old save games oh. which i'd kind of forgotten that the saves were obviously on the cartridges but don't the batteries work because i thought aren't the saves saved on a battery yeah and apparently no, that you used to have a memory card yeah like all the all the games that weren't nintendo they couldn't figure out how to use the tech well enough to save the game on the cartridge they needed all the memory for actually running the game boring but there you go so no but, that seems really yeah they could, why so, didn't nintendo just tell them how to make a game so that you could save the goddamn game on the cartridge because it was like a, nintendo was so secretive that then it was like they kept their industry secrets so one of the reasons that the n64 had so many great nintendo games and not that many great games made by anyone else is because nintendo didn't really go out there and help people get the best out of the technology and that's something they had to learn unlearn over the years like now on switch everybody puts their games on switch it's much more accessible but for a long time the reason that there were so few you know non-nintendo games that were really great on Nintendo systems was because they just weren't helping developers. They kept all their secrets to themselves. But, but that's tech. interesting. They changed oh. for the Wii then because they'd let bloody anybody put a game on the Wii. <laughs> I had to review the video game of the quiz show Golden Balls with Jasper Carrot. <laughs> I mean, I think it might be the worst game I've ever played. It was Seriously, I made a living out of reviewing shit Wii games for about three years and I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> it sounds like the original Android store. Oh like, yeah! Hey, to free people, come and come and put your crap on our platform. Exactly, and like anyone who'd made a game in their lunch break could just yeah. put it on the Android store. So I know you mentioned the beanbags. Was gaming always like a social thing for you, or would you fall down the down the K hole as I did with you know with <laughs> down the poker hole? The Wait. Um, it was a social thing for sure. Like when we were, I've got a twin brother, and me and our friends. That gaming was a central part of how we socialised. So we we'd play Doom a lot and Duke Nukem and all, all those kind of shoot 'em ups that were on the PC in those days. But uh, yeah, there were definitely some games that when everyone when we kicked everyone out of the house that I I snuggled down to play myself. You know, I did get into things like Football Manager. It was Championship Manager when I started playing it. And I think it changed its name about 12 times. But I got into stuff like that by myself. That was for like bus journeys and things like that. Because I had it on my PSP in them days. Um, oh, the PSP, yeah, the Sony handheld. Thing. Yeah. I had, a, I had a PSP. It was a nice little machine. Yeah, PSP me- was great. And the great thing was it came out at the same time as like downloads and stuff. So it had all my music on it as well. So I had my games, I had my music, and you could also go on the internet with it. So it was actually like this original smartphone without the phone. Yeah, bit, you could really, you could even buy it. little films on the discs. Remember, little UMD discs you could yeah, buy yeah, games little, or films. Yeah, cute little discs. They were cute. That was just a Monster Hunter machine for me, the PSP. Mm. I got debilitatingly into Monster Hunter, which was at the time um, the hugest game in Japan. You know, it, it sold billions, it outsold everywhere. And everywhere that you went, on the trains public transport everybody was always playing monster hunter on their psp and you know every cafe you went to there'd be loads of people sitting around playing monster hunter and it didn't have online multiplayer you could only play it if you were sitting in the same room as someone so i ended up getting kind of drawn into it because 
in Japan, everybody's always very close together because yeah. in the cities, it's just there's always people everywhere. And then, so I came back to to Britain with like this love for this game that nobody would play with me. And then it finally got famous and popular last a couple of years ago. <laughs> they released Monster oh. Hunter World, and finally, finally, everybody's playing Monster Hunter. Like ten years too late for me. I'm over it now. I'm interested though. You so you had a Sony handheld, but you never had a PlayStation. Is that right? No, I never had a PlayStation. I played the PlayStation the original PlayStation when it came out. We used to play like Parappa the Rapper and all them kind of original games. Kick, punch, it's all in the mind. If you wanna test me, until you find the things I'll teach you, be sure to beat you. Nevertheless, you get a lesson from teacher. Now kick, 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 punch, 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 punch. Yeah, by that that point. I think my retirement kind of started, I started thinking about my retirement when the PlayStation came out. I was still playing games, but I started thinking about pastures new. I like that you planned it. You planned to retire to video games. (laughs) Get out while the going's good. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Can I ask, how old old are you, Athena? Um, 39. 39. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, a a couple of years older than me. So, um, uh, but it's interesting because most (laughs) women sort of of our generation that Keza and I have have talked to and and including us, um, often, you know, went down the Lara hole because Lara was this sort of figure that for once well she was the first figure well, really we and Joanna Dark it turns apart out from Joanna Dark. Yes. <laughs> I mean yeah was it was it that you would you'd already sort of done the Joanna Dark thing so Lara didn't appeal to you or no I played um I played uh, Lara Croft I played Tomb Raider on the PC mm. I had a couple of PC games Lara games on the PC and I clocked them both yeah they were great games they were great because you could you could do stuff you could swim you could kill dogs <laughs> I remember killing a lot of dogs <laughs> playing Lara Croft <laughs> any game in which you they had those um, German shepherd dogs right you had yeah. to kill a lot of them from memory she must have a lot of pelts in her mansion. I used to get a lot of bizarre enjoyment. Do you remember there was like a training mode where you used to have to go into her massive garden and you could kind of like work out on her obstacle course? Craft Manor. I used to just do that for ages. I used to do that. I swear. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was into Tomb Raider for sure. Everybody who we've spoken to about Tomb Raider has been like, do you remember the obstacle course in her yeah. garden? That is like the most, <laughs> the so bit great. that everyone yeah. remembers about Tomb Raider. It wasn't just me then. Like yeah. It wasn't just me that thought that was just great. No, no one ever goes, oh, do you remember when you went in that huge Indian temple in the jungle? No, it's never that. The statue of Shiva came to life and hacked you to death with six scimitar. Everyone goes, oh, and there was like a scramble net and like a horse you had to vault over. <laughs> and there was a button yeah. Oh yeah, something the to climb. Yeah, it's relatable, yeah, it was great. It's I think I think there's something about being able to switch off and just wander around an environment without consequence. Mm. And it's quite stress relieving. It's not like we were training. <laughs> I'm so pleased that other people did that, and it wasn't just me. You were saying you were missing um, the time when playing games together meant being in the same room. I think yeah. that, that there is the kind of... You, obviously, there are still lots of games you can play together in the same room, but that whole thing of like the tangled cables, the four controllers, everybody having to sit cross-legged in front of the TV because the wires weren't long enough ever to get to anyone's couch in anyone's house. And also watching other people play games in that environment. Like you go around your friend's house and they'd have games that you didn't have. That's something that was unique to that time because now, obviously, there's Twitch and there's streaming and online gaming. But back then, like that experience of having a game that you only played at your mate's house. Like Only one of our friends had Super Bowl man so we <laughs> had to go there to play Super Bowl man you know like it, yeah completely I'd forgotten about that it's I think the other thing as well is not to get too philosophical about it but in those days when you got into a room you know lots of people lots of kids in a room sitting around the TV playing video games it fostered a real kind of a socialization energy it just made you get on it made you take losing it made you take winning and all this stuff and now everyone's playing online and you have all this, these issues with like abuse and anonymity and you know kids are getting like lonely and stuff like that and it's just sort of there's like a good side and a bad side to the way it's sort of so global now because you're not having meaningful interactions with people or you find the interactions too meaningful so you attract from quote-unquote real life and you just sort of stay in your room playing Minecraft 
So in the 90s and the early 2000s, there were lots of advantages to lots of having kids in one room, having these dynamics. And we've lost that now because I've got, you know, I've got a two year old and I'm just terrified as to what gaming world she's going to inherit, you know, in a few years time. It's just going to be frightening. It's very, very different from how it was. So I have little kids and I have a stepson who's 14. And um, like you were saying about how no parents play games and it's uncool, like my stepson will never play any game that I would play ever. Like he'd, right. he'd die of embarrassment at the idea of playing a Zelda or a Mario or anything like that because those are games for lame mums essentially. You know, he's right. Complete. I bet he's on Sonic the Hedgehog all day long. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do really appreciate the way that for him, you know, because a, a lot of people are worried about the amount of time their kids spend playing, right? But I really appreciate for him that's oh, you're supposed that's to do that. Okay, hanging out on. with his friends. It's like it's where he goes, like Fortnite or Destiny or whatever. It's where he goes to hang out with his friends. It's just like it's a virtual place rather than a real place now. This is it. I would, I would say, Athena. Um, at the risk of being massively patronising. Um, I don't know you should worry too much just because... So my kids are six and nine, so I'm a bit further down the road. Um, they do sleep, I promise you. Maybe yours does, I don't know. But I remember when mine was two, I was like, do they ever sleep? They do sleep. Oh, thank God. Um, so my nine-year-old, he just started playing Fort Down. Fort Down? Fort, Fort Down, down. Yes. That's what it's, it's the hot new thing the kids yeah. are all playing. It's like Fortnite, but it's the lockdown edition. So you just spend the whole game in one room. Uh, it's great. Kids love it. No, so he started playing Fortnite during lockdown um, because I had to do something with his time and um, it's brilliant and like he engages with his mates and, and during lockdown it was how they stayed in touch and they talked and they chatted just like you're saying that like I used to do with my mates when we were in the same room mm. only without the magic cigarettes because they're nine so I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm taking a positive and contrarian position on I mean, this. Games still connect people, but I think you're right. There is a dark side to the online nature of yes, gaming. Of course, yes. It still connects people, but now there's like that that extra dimension to it that that you know is a bit scary. I think for parents, like so, I have spent my entire life avoiding playing World of Warcraft because I know that if I play World of Warcraft, that will be me. I'm done. I'm like that's it. Oh, no, I won't play yeah. anything else. It'll be hundreds of hours of World mm. of Warcraft, and it will be too much for me. And I will withdraw from life. <laughs> my, my husband yeah. still talks about coming in and like from work or something and finding me just in front of World of Warcraft. And there was 12 empty cans of Carlsberg and then um, six cheese wrappers because someone had bought us like a cheese board. And I just eaten all the cheese like by hand because I couldn't leave the computer to cook anything or even order a pizza. That's a mighty fall from the S&M photo shoot, isn't it? That's I mean, <laughs> I think that's even sexier that. of an image, to be honest. <laughs> Does online gaming just not appeal to you at all, Athena? You just no, it doesn't. Sadly, and I think for the, the reason you've, reasons you've both kind of alluded to, that when you've got people in your house, at some point you've got to kick them out. You know, when you're on the <laughs> internet, you know you, you're on that all day long, all night long, and I'm just too. I just, I just got a bit too busy, and so I probably didn't get into it because I knew that I couldn't afford to. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm people staying up until the early hours of the morning playing video games. That obviously always happened. That's not a new thing. Yeah. But I just sort of think the environment is so much more fertile for that kind of addiction because of the way online gaming works. And obviously, because it's global, a lot of the time people are talking to people in a different time zone, right? So that's another thing that encourages us to not really switch off. I don't need things to further encourage me not to switch off. Teenagers have sure. no impulse control whatsoever as well. Come to think of it, I'm actually quite pleased that my stepson plays all his games online because have you ever had teenage boys in your house? Not to generalise um, about men but or boys <laughs> indeed, but they smell, they eat all your food. And also like the age that my stepson is now, some of his friends are just actual men. There's just strange men sometimes in my house. And I'm like, what the, why, why is my house full of men and I have no food left? <laughs> So like if he wasn't playing online, I'd have like freaking six of them around all the time. I'd you know I'd spend six hundred pounds a month at the Aldi just to feed them on frozen pizzas. So all for online gaming in summary. You've Since. converted me. 
Well, your little one is, did you say two, your little two, one? Two, yes. Yes. Yeah. So how are you going to approach games with her? I'm going to let it sort of be child-led, really. So whatever she's interested in, there's going to be a point at which she goes, I want to play Quest of Kings or some new game that hasn't been invented yet. And I'm going to be, what the hell is that? And I'm going to want to do a bit of research to make sure it's not like there's some French S&M game or whatever. <laughs> um, so it will be like, it will be child-led, I think. Whatever she's interested in, we'll, we'll try and accommodate. She's actually just sent me a WhatsApp and she really wants to play Fortnite. I don't know if you want to start the download now. <laughs> and then when she wakes up yeah, from her nap, um, it'll be good to go. She's not allowed to play. She has to master that alphabet first. I think. Yep, when fair. she masters that alphabet, then she can play Fortnite. I taught myself to read so that I could play video games. That was... <laughs> I really did. You know, that's not a prerequisite. Well, for the game, I just wanted to know what it said. Well, I really, really you wanted to know. what you're playing, know. don't you? I really, because it was, what game even was it? It must have been the first Zelda. A friend had that, that I was constantly around their house and I just really wanted to know what it was saying. Yeah, because there was lots of text, wasn't it? It was yeah, there literally was like, uh, you had to read most of that game. It was, that was a book, it wasn't a game. Well, this is it. Gamers are educational. Uh, did you ever play Donkey Kong Jr. Math? <laughs> I can't say I did, Ellie. Um, it's a, I think it's a NES game, and obviously Donkey Kong, and you have to swing him between the vines to catch the right numbers, a bit like Countdown, to catch the right numbers to make the sum in the bottom corner of the screen. Riveting. And it is as thrilling as that yeah, sounds. Yeah, it honestly sounds riveting. You but say I remember that. like old BBC machines that they'd have in schools that had educational games. So they had like darts. And, but you had to like do all the addition in your head but like darts is a really hard mathematical like they're really big numbers when you're like it's five that yeah. game is so hard I have an embarrassing revelation oh. um, a few weeks ago I started playing Watch Dogs Legion a, a game about saving London and in the pubs in London you can play darts so I'm there trying to play and I couldn't understand why I wasn't winning right I'm, I'm like I think this game's broken it's bugged or something I can't understand because I was just I was trying to get you know the highest score that's what you do in, in games right you get the highest score and my, part, <laughs> my partner walked and he's like what are you doing I'm like I can't, can you help me here I can't figure out why I'm not winning this stupid darts game like I'm always getting like the higher score than the other guy but then it just it says I've, it just randomly says I'm busted I've lost he's like do you know how darts <laughs> works it turns out no I, I had no idea how do you get how old are you <laughs> how do you know how darts I'm works 32 really years old did, did, did you never watch the Ali Pali stuff like Look, at Christmas I'm too Scottish like, and too middle class to know how darts works it turns 32 out 32 and you don't know how darts works so, what else do we have to go through right first of all <laughs> love in tennis that means zero <laughs> uh, I'd explain cricket to you but fuck knows what's going no, on I, there. I, I don't think Scottish people are genetically capable of understanding cricket so <laughs> it's, not, it's not one of our things so you're deep into your, your video games retirement it's been over a decade now Athena yeah. what would it take to tempt you back to our world oh if you could put another five hours onto the day so if we could have a 29 hour day that would be great okay I'll just yeah. make a note of that just work yeah, on it yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get we'll get right on that that'd you know, be that's... great what, what if they brought out like a gold night too or, or something like that oh would you? right so listen I'd be very tempted yeah. right especially if, you're if listening... it was for the N64 as well because I still got it I, my N64 <laughs> is in a bo- I know where, where it is I know I could just put it out and set up real quick so if they brought out a golden eye 2 for the n64 yeah that would tempt me right back in yeah yeah she's in right we're gonna get her back keza we're gonna get her back <laughs> on so the team. Athena, you'd be one of like i've known quite a few people who fell out of games went into their retirement but then when their kids got old enough to get into games they were right back in there so give it oh, five, I, I, five more I years see that i honestly foresee that it wouldn't take a lot I'm your like, daughter it's like is... an addict you know the minute you sniff crack again you're like oh yeah that's great <laughs> <laughs> So, Athena, it's time now for our uh, our little second special guest of the day to come in. Hello! 
Hello. Hello, <laughs> Athena. How are you? Um, I'm great. Uh, all the better for seeing you. Excellent. You look well. You look very, very well. My name is Margaret Amiga, and I am the head of the top video games company, Amiga. And I have come here today um, because I'm, I'm bringing the Amiga back, Athena. I've decided, I know what you said about GoldenEye and all that, but I think if there's one thing that can get you, Athena could blend you out of retirement, it's going to be a new Amiga game. Am I right? That is exactly correct. That's all I ask for. That's all exactly. I ask for. It's not a lot, is it? So I want you to be part of this glorious new dawn of the Amiga. And so what I, what I want to do is I'm going to ask you now to pitch to me your ideal Amiga video game so my ideal amiga video game right is like a mashup of elite mm. and need for speed right? so it's kind of like you have to race around the universe but quickly because elite was great but it was the slowest game ever and it just needed a bit of need for speed so that's my thing and no spice trading on this crap anyway no trading I just remember Elite had a lot of diplomacy. <laughs> That's not exciting for a game. However, Need for Speed had a lot of driving around. And I do remember the cool thing about Need for Speed is when your car crashed, the windscreen would crack, which we loved as kids. So we just crash all the time on purpose. So Elite with more speed, more crash landing and like maybe like courses that go around like galaxies. Do you know, like imagine a race course so big. It's as big as a galaxy. Athena, this is supposed to be a comical section of the podcast, <laughs> but somehow you've actually come up with what is actually an amazing idea for a video game. Normally people are just stupid. That's bloody brilliant. Get on it, Frontier Developments. People who now own the Elite franchise, do it. I would literally play that. Me too. It's oh. actually a great idea. You're hired, Athena. Uh, oh, uh, thank you. Uh, we fact, can discuss rates later, but I will tell you, uh, you know, business is booming. It is 80s rates, though, but you will earn upwards <laughs> of £100 a year. Does that seem reasonable? Um, You know what, man? I do it for the love, so that that, that sounds generous. Oh, I do it for the love, so that's fine. You're the best person I've ever met! <laughs> I'm going to go back to... Where are Amiga based? Oh, Christ, I don't know. I'm going to go back to 1984 <laughs> and tell everyone the good news. This is a great new do- you got Margaret very excited there. Usually yeah. there's a little bit of dismissiveness um, about our, our guests' ideas from the executives that we invite in, but not today. Oh, hi, hey, gang. I'm, I, was just, I was coming back in. I just saw Margaret Amiga. She looks over the moon. I've never seen her so yeah, happy. Yeah, we're going to make a lot of money, me and Margaret. Yeah. Oh, good for 80s you, money, man. I'm really you know. happy for you. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, let's do a quick for our round. So in this oh. round, hang on, Athena. Wait. Oh, sorry. Uh, hang on. Oh, no, I don't have my questions. Uh, in this round, we wait for Keza to do some personal admin, Where's... <laughs> uh, which makes it more of a slow fire round to begin with. But we'll we'll get this. So quick fire round, Athena. This is where we ask you some quick fire questions about video games. You give us your answers, and then we judge you as a person. How does that sound? <laughs> um, yeah, I love being judged. It's great. Excellent. Question one: Keza's favourite, Sonic or Mario? Oh come on, Sonic! Yay! <laughs> We've How got, is it going to be Mario? The games now, Mario. But as individuals, who who would I want to have a drink with? Sonic the Hedgehog, without a doubt. Yay! I feel like that's actually fair enough. I'm, I'm going to concede that this time. Yes. Uh, Sonic crossing his hands and tapping his foot. Infinitely cool. Little Infinitely waggy cool. finger. Little yeah. waggy finger. Exactly. Final fight or Final Fantasy? Final Fantasy. Goldeneye or Perfect Dark? Well, that one, there was not the other. Goldeneye begat Perfect Dark. It has to be Goldeneye. Playing as odd job in Goldeneye. Cheating or totally above board? Above board, man. Come on. That was a highlight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. That's 
move on. I'm not cheating at all. Oh, Stop it. That is controversial. That's gonna, it's going to kick off on Twitter Open all over again. That one. Wounds. Shotgun or sniper? Oh, sniper. Sneaky. Sniper is the best. Warrior or wizard? Um, uh, wizard. Street fighter or Tekken? Street fighter? Who says Tekken? What yeah, millennial says Tekken? Bring them to me. Show me. <laughs> Outrageous. This is what, this is, you know something? The Asbo generation say Tekken, all right? <laughs> they say Tekken. Real people say Street Fighter. Nah, I, 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 that's an outrageous thing to ask somebody. <laughs> outrageous. I'm so sorry. I feel like we've offended Almost offensive. I'm, so I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We'll take it back. Take, we'll just come out. Come out, Joel. Come out. <laughs> I love right. that answer. It's great. <laughs> oh, Athena, thank you so much. You've been an amazing guest. Thank, thank you very much. I'm oh, so pleased. My pleasure. It's been great. Very, so pleased I to chat. Very, I honestly feel like digging out my N64 right now. Do it. You won't regret it. Yeah. I had a great evening the other night. <laughs> yeah, my husband just took our N64 on like a, a boys' weekend away, and they had a right old laugh. Aww. I mean, he's, that's what he told me they did. Fuck knows, really. Yeah, um, that's that's that sounds like some kind of beard. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're going with the N64, love. It's all innocent. The, oh, respect, all right, then. the respectability <laughs> beard of the N64. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to plant that seed. But it seems seems a lot of effort to make you. It's just we're just platonic friends playing old video game. <laughs> Listen, we've been married a long time. He can do what he likes. Keep himself happy. Athena, we like to, well, we like to, we're told to end the show by saying game over, which obviously mm. Ellie and I just won't do. So it's your opportunity in the style of your choice to give us a game over. Do you reckon you can do that? Yeah, go on. Sure. Game over. Yes! It's oh. like a burp. I like, no, it's growly. I liked it. <laughs> oh, very masterful. Uh, thank you yeah. so much, Athena. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, girls. You've been listening to Extra Life with me, Steve Activision. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to like and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Extra Life Pod. Extra Life with Ellie Gibson and Kaza McDonald. Produced by Joel Marks. Assistant producer, Alex Hart. Music by Wayne Shepherd. Extra Life is a great big owl production for Audi. One of my favorite things ever was this. It was the Nintendo 64 video game, GoldenEye. And this is... This is one of the best video games of all time. This is a good one. I it's loved it. Extremely and popular. You play you and I was no good at it. I played it once and shot myself in the foot. We've had some complaints from the various video game executives featured on this show, um, and we'd like to just make absolutely clear that uh, Ellie's voices do not represent the actual views of uh, any of the corporations mentioned. Oh, spoil sport. Uh. <laughs>